from iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. The Bloodline Entertainment Network. Find all your sports and wrestling entertainment needs in one place as we form a new network that features several different podcasts, watch-alongs, sports and entertainment shows, and much more. The Bloodline Entertainment Network debuts March 5th. In the club, to the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street, to the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor, we the wolves done. Who can fuck with De Niro? I got a Snyder extender clip, so who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy, I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf, so we pull up and you're harmless. So pray to Oliver Don, out of the top shot of the top spot. Final boss you cross, that's when your ride stop. Basquiat with that white chalk. Trigger finger street smile, leave your brains on the sidewalk. Niggas that can tough in the hood. To the wolves call. Bitches let a drink in the club. To the wolves call. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. To the wolves call. Everyone strip on the floor. To the wolves run. Heard them got the niggas, they be moving in the pack. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice worth your life. Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, episode 277. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Today, I am joined by my motherfucking brother, my bloodline brother, my homie, the banger of podcasts. Every time this man comes on the podcast and blesses the podcast, he does just that. It's a fucking blessing because this is the motherfucking man, the real TK, the motherfucking banger. Banger after banger after banger after banger after banger after banger after banger. Tim King in the building from the Tim King Show. What's up, homie? Yo, De Niro, I appreciate the hospitality. Thank you for having me back on the Wrestling DeLorean. I love the new intro. I love the Bloodline intro. I love the rap intro. And I love that you had me on for this special SmackDown celebration. 
because I I guess maybe I realized it 20 something years, 25 years ago, but I didn't realize that SmackDown had a trial show basically before they had their real show in fucking Christ. What a show you had me watch today, bro. It wasn't like the best in-ring as nothing was at this time, but the eclectic group of characters from start to finish and the way they crammed so much into two hours. My brother, appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, man. Of course, bro. I'll tell you this right now. I'll be lying if I said that I knew that there was a pilot until I went to go see the first episode and I saw there was a pilot. I thought I was going to see the actual first episode of SmackDown with the, the whatever, the Ovaltron or whatever they called mm-hmm. it. But then I saw the pilot. I was like, I never heard of this. So this was news to me, too. So definitely it was cool. It was a nice surprise. And I am glad to have you on to talk about SmackDown. This is the first time we do a classic SmackDown on the Wrestling DeLorean. Long overdue. 277 episodes it took. But we are starting our SmackDown journey. And I'm fucking hyped to do it. But before we do... Got to give a big shout out to the sponsors at manscaped.com. You guys know the drill. 20% off site-wide, no matter what it is, manscaped.com. Put in the promo code DeLorean, capital D-E-L-O-R-E-A-N. You don't want to miss out on that. It's not going to last forever. So make sure you take advantage of the 20% off. So using the chats already. We got Nick from the Universal Wrestling Podcast. What up? The Bloodline Brother. We got the Binger Bros. <laughs> What's up, homie? <laughs> we have a Facebook user. Yo, who's the Facebook user? Who? 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 And yes, the Ooh. pilot was definitely lit as fuck. So let's 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 jump into the DeLorean right now. Wait a minute. Before we do, I want to give a big shout out to the Bloodline Entertainment Network. March 4th, we got the launch party. Check this out. You are all invited. Word. March 4th, the launch party is where we start to take over the fucking podcast game. The Bloodline Entertainment Network, we're going to fucking run shit. Right, Tim? Let's go, baby. Yo, that video got me hyped. I was ready hyped for the pre-launch party. We're all going to be there, all of us. I think we're going to have our like some of our co-hosts are going to come and join us as well. Some of our friends are going to come and join us as well. It's going to be a heck of a night, and I cannot wait. Hey, and all I got to say is the listeners out there, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on a Friday. I got my guys with me in the house. My guys are my guys, the little guy you just saw live with me. And we're going to do the darn thing because De Niro asked me on. I'm coming on to talk this pilot episode. And, man, the Hell, launch party, man. the pre-launch party, that video that Nick put together was so dope, man. It got me feeling it. Even my kid, he was down there grooving, jiving, feeling it. I'm excited, awesome. baby. Join us March 4th. Please join us. Please join us. Word. You don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss this episode. So let's get into the DeLorean. Put on your seatbelt. Let's go back in time. We're going back to April 29th, 1999. Let's do this thing. You don't- 
fucking love that intro, bro. Bro, <laughs> I love that shit. Between that intro and um the beautiful people with Marilyn Manson, those were the two best SmackDown intros. I don't give a fuck what people say. Bar none. Those are the two hypes. And also, what was that? The one in like 2003, like the Ruthless Aggression era, where it was like that rap song. It was like, my time, my crown, uh, some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, cool. that, that was, was pretty cool. fire. That too. was cool, for sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah, that, that was like uh, SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain Era. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk about the pilot episode of SmackDown from April 29th, 1999. It was kind of clear that this was shot after a Monday Night Raw because they still had the Raw entranceway. They still had the red ropes. So this was probably shot either before or after Monday Night Raw. And we start off the show by seeing what happened on Monday Night Raw with the abduction of Stephanie McMahon and the Ministry of Darkness, who put her in a fucking black gown, strapped it to the Undertaker symbol, and Undertaker tried to marry her, which was fucking weird as hell, creepy as hell, but fucking awesome, because I, I don't know about other people. I fucking love the Undertaker in his Ministry of Darkness days. And we also see when Stone Coast Steve Austin made the save, stopping the marriage from happening. This was a very, very crazy time. This is the type of storyline drama that we would see in wrestling in 1999. I remember I, like a couple days ago when I was watching the show for the first time, I was watching it with my girl and she was like, what the fuck is going on? Why is she strapped to that cross? Why is she marrying The Undertaker against her will? What the hell is going on? And I'm like, babe, it's fucking wrestling. <laughs> it's professional wrestling. This is sports entertainment at its fucking finest. We have Vince McMahon start off the show coming out with Stephanie McMahon and a bunch of security guards. And Stephanie was young as hell. She looked like a deer in the headlights. But, you know, interesting to see Stephanie at this time. What did you think about the recap of what happened on Raw? And what did you think about Stephanie and Vince at this time? Dude, I absolutely love the recap. It got me, like, hyped and it got me ready for this show. Because I had no idea what was going to go on, right? And then Stephanie, my wife, goes, <laughs> she kind of looks like a little boy. <laughs> What's up, Ivan? And I was like, she does kind of look like a little boy. It's amazing, like, you know, pre-surgery pre Stephanie everywhere, you know? But she was about to bust out here in a year or two. Um, oh, yeah. But she was like a little mouse on that mic. You know, she was so modest and meek and quiet and that daddy. And, really high pitch. <laughs> yeah, it was. And you could tell, I mean, 25, 30, 30 years later, how great she is now. Like, she's ruthless on the mic. Uh, He's comfortable, yeah. Yeah, Vince. You know, asshole, asshole, asshole. And, you know, it's like, yeah, and stuff. And he's like, it's deserved. It's deserved. And Vince playing the face role. You never really see Vince playing the face role outside of very few times. So I thought it was yeah. dope, man. And then the corporation coming out, really cool. But the highlight video itself really got me feeling the show. And how about Michael Cole and Jim Cornette on the commentary for it? Cole getting the pilot episode. What's up with that, man? And for all the Jim Cornette haters, I know there's a lot of them. Look it. The man's been in the industry forever, as he's calling this pilot episode of SmackDown, all right? Yeah, you know, I, I put that in my notes, too, that it was probably a real cool moment for Jim Cornette. I mean, not Jim Cornette, for uh, Michael Cole to get that spot. You know, they, they had JR at the time. They had the King. They could have just had JR and the King call SmackDown. They, they already are the known voices of WWE at the time. But it's cool that they gave the ball to Michael Cole and... Also, for the first, I say, like, gear, the color commentator was like a revolving door. You had uh, the King there. You had Kevin Kelly on some some episodes, I remember. Uh, Jim Cornette. But I can't wait until we get to Michael Cole and Taz, because that is a very underrated fucking commentary team. Mm -hmm. 
Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, yeah, you know, also, like you said, it's Vince McMahon playing the babyface role. Like, when the crowd's saying asshole, was like, there have been times where that's well-deserved, and I <laughs> hope that I could earn back your trust. Like, it shit was so weird. Like, it's weird to see Vince McMahon in that role. Um, And Stephanie, man, like I said, that high-pitched voice, I want to thank Stone Cold! Like, it was like, yes. you wouldn't even think that that was her. Like, Honestly, if you closed your eyes, you're like, who the fuck is that talking? Like, Stone Cold and Ken Shamrock. And... <laughs> yeah. um, then we have Shane McMahon come out. I forgot the storyline at this time. I think Shane like has like partial ownership of the WWE and he has some control over his father. The storyline is going. He now has full control over the corporation uh, uh, faction here. And he just basically punks out his father. He, he plays Vince. He, he tells Vince that he's going to slap him. And tells them, yo, he, you guys got to go. You know, go up the road to 
Greenwich, Connecticut and fucking watch the rest of this show on the fucking TV because you ain't welcomed here in the building. Crazy how Shane punked out his father. You know, yeah, he had his big boy pants on. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out when that that whole thing started. Like, obviously, we all know it's a ruse, and I was behind it the whole time. We'll talk about what happens awesome. in a little bit, which was again really cool that I got to be a part of that history making moment. Um, yeah. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I was trying. I couldn't. I couldn't figure out when Shane actually took the lead from Vince or like when that happened. I remember Triple H had just turned, I believe it was at WrestleMania or right around then and joined the yeah. corporation. Rock had just been kicked out that Monday after WrestleMania, I believe. I think you did that show actually. That's probably where I heard it in all honesty. I think the Rock had just been kicked out and Triple H had taken over, but I don't know where the power had went, the power had went from Vince to Shane, but Shane played the role well. You talk about Stephanie being, you know, sounded like a mouse and squeaky. You know who didn't? Shane. He played his role at this time very, very well. And he wanted to beat Vince's ass. And we saw a little bit of yeah. that later on in the night, you know? No, nah, Shane was definitely doing his best cosplay of his father. Like, trying to have that, yeah. that ruthless aggression, cutthroat owner. But, yeah, I was trying to figure out, too. Like, I don't remember when Shane took the, the helms of the corporation and became, like, this, you know, the faction leader. But after Vince and Stephanie leave... He says that the two guys on the Shane McMahon hit list is The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. He says tonight we're going to have a tag match. Since they hate each other, let's tag them up with each other. Uh, any, he asks for any um, anybody who wants to step up to go against The Rock and Stone Cold. Triple H steps up. Anybody else? We got The Undertaker on the Tron. Undertaker who was about to get married. You know, a wedding is the biggest day of your life. And Stone Cold Steve Austin ruined that for Undertaker. So Undertaker wants his revenge on Stone Cold Steve Austin. He'll be teaming up with Triple H in the main event. Like, think about that main event. We have Taker and Triple H versus The Rock and Austin. This is a pilot episode. No wonder they got fucking picked up. How much bigger can you get in this time period than that matchup? Four of the biggest names in the fucking company. I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, no, you can't. And when they announced the match, so they said Rock and Austin. I was like, okay, cool, cool. And Triple H is putting his hand up. Hey, pick me. Hey, pick me. And Boss Man's like, hey, pick me. I'm like, they're not going to do H and Boss Man. And then something started clicking like, it might be Taker, actually. And it was, boom, four of the biggest stars in the industry at the time. Huge, huge match. Sign me up for it. Let's go. And I want to just talk about how vile the crowd was at the time. Because when... Stephanie was basically talking about all the six sadistic rapey things that the oh, Undertaker yeah. was doing to her. They were cheering and chanting, basically yesing before the yes movement about it. And the signs, the signs were everywhere mm -hmm. and they were impeccable. And uh, just like really random ones, like not uh, like, like Jim 316, Tom is gay. Like they just had the most <laughs> stupidest, most fucking random ass signs. Yeah. dude. And everyone had a sign. But the crowd was vile. Like, they were sick. Like, it was, it was Yeah. I did write that down. I wrote that down, too. She was like, I felt violated. Like, <sighs> I felt. And then it was like, he took off all my clothes. <sighs> he dressed me up in this. <sighs> I was like, God damn. Like, that crowd mm -hmm. was fucking sadistic. <laughs> yeah, they were, dude. They were. They, they were. I don't know. Was, I guess the time, right? Uh, first matchup of the night, we got Val Venus versus the Blue Blazer. This was just a few months before the incident happened with Owen Hart. Crazy to see him in the blue blazer gimmick here. Uh, Val Venus was fucking over as hell at this time. Like, he got a huge pop when the fucking 
the music hit. I feel like Val Venus was one of those attitude ever guys, but you know, I was about to say one of those attitude ever guys who doesn't get enough like respect for his in-ring work, but I feel like that goes for a lot of attitude ever guys. A lot of people were a lot more over than you would think. Uh, because we also see on the show D'Lo Brown gets a huge pop, draws gets a pop. So it's cool to see the crowd really there for everybody. They're they're there to cheer everybody and they're just there to have a good time. But yeah, Val Venus looks like he's in this feud with Jeff Jarrett. You know, I'm not sure what's going on before this. So I don't know what leads up to this feud with Val and Jeff Jarrett. And they said that for some reason, uh, Deborah is the Godfather's property and all that. It was just a weird segment. But at the end, Jeff Jarrett looks like the fucking man. He took out everybody. So shout out to Jeff Jarrett and the Blue Blazer. What did you think about this segment? I looked at my wife and said, motherfucker, I was just bitching about this guy Wednesday night winning the AEW Battle Royal, and here he is 26 years ago, right? This is why I'm fucking bitching about him still on my screen. OBC, I actually seen a lot of guys on AEW TV that we saw this night, like four or five of them, kind of wild. Um, I digress. The match itself was whatever. Val Venus was the man. He was totally over. We got to see uh, just a group of Attitude Era um, people here with Val Venus. Nicole Bass um, came out. She she had she had an appearance here. The Godfather came out. He almost pulled a Titus O'Neil. I don't know if you noticed when he yeah. was running down the ring. I thought he was going to trip, dude. I was like, no. And honestly, I didn't even know the Godfather ran. I didn't know he moved that quick. So I was like, damn, okay, dude. Every gimmick yeah, you move, you move slow. So I didn't know he actually ran at all. So that was that was cool to see. Um, but yeah, Jeff Jarrett, Owen Hart, they they did come out on top. It was sad. The first thing I did was set in my head, May 23rd, 1999. I think the show's April 11, 1999. Six weeks from this day, yeah. less than that, like five weeks from this day, you know, he's gone. Fucking, I put in my notes, crying faces. Like, it's it's sad. Like, fucking crazy to think one of the best in-ring talents, one of the best in-ring workers of all time, and adding the fact that he's charismatic as fuck and was over as fuck, gets this and goes. Like, man, yeah. it, it was... That, like, is what was going through my head. But, yeah, Vale, dude, totally awesome attitude, Era Talent. But no one got time to work, bro. No one got time to work. Everything was so screwy, dude. Every match, every match, every show. Mm-hmm. Speaking of quick matches, next matchup, we have The Big Show versus Test. But, bro, The Big Show, for everybody who's, like, the big slow and, you know, this guy was just this big giant who couldn't move. Go and watch this matchup because the Big Show was agile as fuck. The Big Show was mad fucking athletic. He hit one of the most picture-perfect drop kicks for a big man that I've ever seen in this matchup. I enjoyed this. It didn't last long, but the Big Show looks like a million bucks here. He not only beats Test, but then he gets into this little shit with the boss man. This is starting the feud with him and boss man. I think this is leading up to the, the infamous angle where boss man goes to the Big Show's father's funeral, if you remember that. Sure but do. Crazy ass attitude every times, but the big show, like I said, looks like a million bucks here. What do you think about the big show? And what do you think about motherfuckers who say that this man is not athletic? Should they go Yo, first and foremost? There were times I remember where he was a big, big, beefy boy in the WWE, but this wasn't the time. The only way he was beefy was wide this way and this way. He was swole, he was stacked. Like my wife was like, Look at him, and I was like. Look at him. I didn't remember him ever looking like that, dude. Dude was muscular all over the place. Um, he got in the ring. Like you said, his drop kick was – I texted you, and I was like, holy shit, the Big Show just fucking laid out a nasty drop kick on Test. And let me tell you something about Test, Andrew Martin. Test. This is a test. That was my dude, all right? 
I love Tess. I thought he was good in the ring. Love that body. I told my wife, I was like, this was my, my Wardlow back in the day. Like, he had everything that I wanted, man. That dude was a dream boat. And he was so underrated. And this match shows how underrated he was. 90 seconds? A one-handed chokeslam finishes you? Come on, man. But Big Show looked awesome, man. Awesome. Now, I, I totally agree. And I always was a big fan of Tess, too. Tess is going to get more of a push in the coming months. So I, I really appreciate that more. This is more heading towards the Tess-Stephanie relationship that leads to Triple H marrying Stephanie McMahon. So we're going to get to that soon. But I feel like Tess was criminally underrated. Even up until his later years, I think the work he was doing in the new ECW was fucking good. Yeah. Um, I think that Tess, he... Tess was a world champion in the Tim King Action Figure League back in the day when I was a I was kid. Say, right? like, I was going to say, I think he world champion. Yeah. You know, I do you remember those uh, action figures that had like the metal on the, the boot and you could put them on like the little Titan Tron and it does the song? Yeah. That's the only test I ever had. And the face looked like a fucking, <laughs> they botched that face for sure. So I, I need a better test action figure just to put on display. But next up on the show, The Rock comes out. The Rock who basically this whole show was named after one of The Rock's catchphrases because he's the one who created the whole SmackDown catchphrase you know, checking people into the SmackDown hotel. The Rock comes here and he says that he's going. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Check Undertaker and Triple H into the SmackDown Hotel tonight. He says that him and Stone Cold are not buddies. They're not partners. They're not friends. But they will do what they have to do tonight against Undertaker and Triple H. Stone Cold comes out. 
he says that The Rock is still just some punk kid spitting out nursery rhymes to him, which at this point must have fucking ate The Rock alive. This is only a couple weeks after WrestleMania 15 where these two guys had a fucking classic and then an even better matchup at Backlash. So these guys are fresh off a of feud and now they're here teaming up with each other. But it is against a much bigger, darker entity than they thought because Shane McMahon comes out and he not only comes out with the corporation, but he comes out with the ministry. And we he, here we have the formation of the corporate ministry. All I'm going to say about the corporate ministry, right, is that theme song. They don't show it here, but that theme song where they fuse the No Chance in Hell and the Undertaker's ministry theme is one of the best theme songs in wrestling. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. But really cool to see the corporate ministry. What's some of your memories of the corporate ministry and this segment? So I really had no memories of this segment at all. So it was all a huge surprise to me. I thought the Austin Rock interaction was a lot of fun. There was nothing in wrestling history like that glass breaking. That crowd reacts. No, the crowd reacts to nothing like that glass breaking. And yeah. you could see it every single time it happened on the show. That crowd was electric from start to finish all night, in, including here again. But these two going back and forth, that line that you said from Austin to Rock was a great line. And then seeing them all come out kind of one by one and forge the line. And I was like, Paul Bear and Shane, Undertaker, Triple H, China, Jewy and Pete Gas and um, <laughs> Boss Man. I was like, okay, okay, all right. Um, my memory, Midian and uh, Big Vase, but my memories of the group is, uh, I don't really have any. <laughs> I, 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 my only fucking memories were, I thought they could have been this big brooding badass stable. I felt like they got cut like way too quickly and Vince being re um, revealed as the, what was he called? The, the higher, power. higher power. Yeah. Vince being revealed as the higher power ultimately to me back in the day was the demise of this group and really was like, what the fuck was the point? Cause it was you Austin. Like, no, it was stupid. Well, I got the clip right here. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along. Austin. That's what I remember, brother. Yo, and that's what, what I remember. That what makes that clip in that segment is JR in the background. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really all I remember. You, you got a bunch of great talents mixed in together. Yeah. But, nah, nah. And it's such a missed opportunity because think about that. Like you said, Undertaker in the same stable as Triple H, China. Uh, you have Paul Bearer as a part of this. You have Viscera. You had the APA. You had all these big name talents coming together. And it's like, it didn't last long. And it's not really talked about in the annals of wrestling history. Just the fact that you had Taker and Triple H in the same faction and you never hear about that, that that's fucking crazy. And that's a big missed opportunity if you ask me. But honest to God, De Niro, if you asked me, were Triple H and The Undertaker ever in the same stable before, like, you know, making me, like, recollect on this time period? I'd be like, no, no. Like, when the fuck were they ever in the same stable? Oh, the corporate ministry. That's right. And Triple H was in pants. Let's not forget that. I always like that look for him. I'm not going to lie. Like, I like the classic Triple H trunks, but I always like those silver and black pants. Um, this is right before he got that uh, My Time song. The My Time thing was pretty awesome, too. Yeah, it was. I think I think like he just had started taking the steroids, so his legs couldn't contain the pants anymore. They just fucking bulged down. He had to go to trunks, dude. That's why I, I mean, shit. Like that might be exactly the reason why. 
Uh, here next on the show, we have X-Pac and Kane. We have an interview backstage. They will be defending the tag team titles tonight against the New Age Outlaws. But there's a different, well, but there are differences between Kane and X-Pac because last week on Raw, Kane chokeslammed X-Pac. And now they have to not only team up, but they're teaming up against X-Pac stablemates in D-Generation X. So there's going to be a lot of drama, I'm sure, in that matchup. And another matchup that made me feel a little eerie was Draws versus D'Lo Brown. Because mm-hmm. not only, like, kind of for, like, the same reasons that we were talking about with the Blue Blazer, we know what happens with the Blue Blazer and Owen Hart uh, just a couple weeks later. But Draws is paralyzed. And it was due to a, a botched powerbomb from D'Lo Brown just a few weeks after this. So it's crazy to see these guys have a matchup and then to know what happens in a few weeks. It was kind of eerie just to see that. But that's two moments on this show that I felt a little, like, uncomfortable watching. But very interesting. Uh, Prince Albert. I, I forgot that his gimmick was he was draws his tattoo artist and his piercer, and he was going to pierce D'Lo Brown after the matchup. Then we got the, uh, the save from Sexual Chocolate, Mark Henry. Just to see all these attitude ever guys once again was fucking awesome. What did you think about this segment? Yeah, man, uh, the Kane and Xbox stuff. I was trying to figure out why Kane was attacking Xbox, and then like it made me realize like maybe that's why Xbox turned on you finally, bro. Like, how many times did you have to attack this poor kid for him to finally <laughs> turn on you? Right? Like, what the fuck? Like, as a kid, I felt so bad for Kane. Xbox took his girl. Like, he like turned on him. You know, whatever. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But um, this match, the exact same feeling. I was like, oh, Draz. First of all, didn't realize how stocky he was. He was a big boy. Second of all, good in the ring, dude. You know, limited match. But from what he showed, good in the ring. Third of all, I was like, oh, who paralyzed Draz? I forget. And I'm like, oh, my God, it was D'Lo. And I'm like, is it going to happen here? I was scared for a moment. I was like, is this the matchup? But I, I looked into it. It's actually like maybe three more weeks after this, which is crazy to think. Him and Owen Hart, the same. Yeah, right. I mean, I gotta say much more than you said. Yeah, man, it shakes the inside, it shakes your core, dude. Because the last thing you want to see is an injury in the wrestling. We all love the wrestling industry so much, and a death and an paralyzation. My God, my God. But dude, the group of characters, like I said earlier, the eclectic group of characters we've got from really start to finish on the show is incredible. And they did such a good job of shoving so much into a two-hour show that we got like the full array of characters on it, and I loved it. And Deal was awesome, baby. Always love Dilo Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, the, the fucking theme song. That talk about these theme songs. Like these fucking attitude era theme songs were the best. Yeah. Not this one. I don't know what this was. I don't know what the fuck he was coming out to. But when he used to come out to that, you're looking at the real deal now. That should be yeah. fire, bro. <laughs> I used to have you remember the um they used to come out with the cassettes, like the WWF music volume one, mm-hmm. two, three. I had three four and i guess five or whatever but like the fourth one had d'lo brown's theme song as the first song and okay. i used to just blast that shit all the time and my mom was like what the fuck are you listening to like what is that right so it's just wrestling themes you know what i mean it's uh, its own genre i love it but it next up we have the new age outlaws they have a backstage interview where road dog is basically saying that you know he's looking forward to sharing the ring with xbox Knight and billy gunn He's not having it. He, he he walks off. He says, you know, tonight him and X-Pac are not friends. He, it doesn't matter if they're all in DX. Tonight they are here for the tag team titles and for nothing else. Fuck friendship. We're here to win those belts no matter who holds them. So not only is Kane and X-Pac not on the same page, but Road Dogg and Billy Gunn are not on the same page, which should 
lead to a very interesting tag match, which we will talk about right now. The tag match between Kane and X-Pac and the New Age Outlaws. Another quick matchup. That's what we had. We had quick fucking matches. That's why there were so many in the two-hour time period. I believe it was like, what, like, maybe it's not that much. But they were fucking quick because they had more segments than matches. Segments, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Kane accidentally... No, what, what happened here? I, it was... I believe Billy Gunn had X-Pac up in the, like a gorilla press. Kane pushes Road Dog, who accidentally trips Billy Gunn, and X-Pac lands on top of him, top of him for the three, which leads to Billy Gunn thinking that Road Dog fucking screwed him over. Crazy ass finish. Just to think of a finish like that is very you know unique. Never seen that before. Um, but in the end of the day, X-Pac and Kane are still your tag team champions. What did you think of this shorter matchup and then the way they finished it? Because I thought it was pretty innovative. Bro, I love this tag team of X-Pac and Kane. As a kid, it was one of my favorite tag teams. Like you, The innovation of the big guy and the small guy, the crazy guy and the outgoing guy, like DX and Kane, like what? But, you know, and even like them, them going up together, like in the formation of the tag team, then becoming tag team champions. And I don't know, they had already feuded with Undertaker and Big Show, right? Or we're going to get to that. I think they had already. Yeah, we're going to get to that, yeah. All right. Um, But they did a lot together. This here was basically just leading to the breakout of break up of the outlaws right which is going to lead to billy's single run singles run because if i'm not mistaken he wins this king of the ring and then faces the rock at SummerSlam. so hey, that was lackluster exactly what happens. um yep. <laughs> and billy's bigger nowadays than he was back then it's crazy dude yeah and yes to this comment yes yes yes, yeah, yes i was yes. walking in the little brown theme song <laughs> yeah yo i swear to god that was me all the time as a kid I used to walk into the recess yard. Just people are like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Got some weird tech. Why are you always bobbing your neck and shit? Yeah. <laughs> Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. But the match could have been, like every match, it could have been longer. But for what it was, it was good. X-Pac delivered his, his spots. His kicks were always on point, dude. Like, yeah. I can watch an X-Pac match all day, dude. Most definitely. I love this era, too. I feel like X-Pac and Kane were such a great tag team. But I think that Kane always had great tag teams with the smaller wrestlers. Because it, this made me think of some of his other tag teams. Him and Rob Van Dam had kind of mm-hmm. the same dynamic. Great big man, small man tag team. Him and Daniel Bryan, same dynamic. Mm-hmm. Him, big man, small man tag team. I mean, his most iconic tag team was with his brother, but I do feel like he had great tag runs with these smaller wrestlers. So shout out to yeah. King being a good tag team wrestler because not many people would consider him a tag team wrestler, but he had great tag teams. It's a great point, bro. Real good point. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Next we see uh, Billy Gunn and I was about to say – BG James, because we were just doing the TNA show, but Billy Gunn and Road Dog having a heated argument backstage. They're shoving each other in the parking lot. Like you said, this is going to lead to the breakup of Billy Gunn and Road Dog. And we see Billy Gunn go off and they try to really run with him. I mean, he was very athletic. He, he was good in the ring, but it just doesn't pan out for Billy Gunn, just like the WWE thought it would. I think that it would have been interesting to see if they really did strap Billy Gunn with a title and see what would have happened if they went that route. But I don't know, like he had a lot of charisma, but it wasn't to the point of some of the upper echelon on that talent roster, like the rock and stone cold. Like I can't see Billy Gunn as a champion and then look at everybody else on this roster that we're talking about right now and say, yeah, he's the guy, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's just the problem. It was just a victim of circumstances and timing because he is hella talented He's very athletic and he's entertaining. So if, you know, Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker, Triple H and all these other guys weren't around then maybe Billy Gunn would have been champion. But shout out to daddy ass for still doing it. Right. Doing it well. And maybe and I always like to look at this. Right. There's a lot of guys who have held the world championship because they've been beneficiaries of the two title system. So I always like to think of guys like Mr. Perfect and Jake the Snake and Roddy Piper and. Mr. Ass, like, would this guy have been a champion if there were two champions? And honestly, I still don't know if he would have been a champion if there were two champions at this time. Because, like you said, it was so top-heavy, the roster, that I could have seen Austin and Rock just controlling titles on each show. And, like, look at a guy like Kane. get a one-day title run. One day. Like, that dude, if anybody, should have been – I mean, you know, those guys don't need to be champion. But come on, man. One day. Yeah, if you're going to put the title on him, I'm expecting a dominant run. He's the big red machine, but yeah, one day. Big um, show, three days, five days, you know. That, that's... Yeah, yeah. Next up, we got Michael Hayes, who's Doc Hendricks at the time, comes out, and he's here to interview the Brood. Awesome tag team, amazing fucking entrance, love the theme song, but boy, did they fuck up by putting the fucking microphone in Gang Girl's hand. God damn, was this fucking boring as hell. I love when Edge got on the mic. He had a little bit more passion for it, but Gang Grill sounded like just a regular guy. Like if they interviewed one of the fans or something, like when they were like, 
oh, so tell us about this like gothic lifestyle. It's more than a lifestyle. It's more. Than a... It's like, dude, <laughs> what? Right now, you know why? Like the brood didn't have many promos. Like Gangrel was horrible on the mic, but I love the fact that when Michael Hayes was saying, "Oh, well, this isn't really you. It's just a gimmick," right? And they called Doc Hendricks out on being a gimmick. Because we all know that's Michael Hayes, Michael P.S. Hayes mm-hmm. from the fucking Freebirds. You know what I mean? That was awesome. I love how, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. When he said, oh, well, you're one to talk, Michael. I love that you got a historian like Jim Cornette on the commentary booth who also mentions the Freebirds. And then we got the bloodbath. Once again, to explain this to somebody who doesn't watch much wrestling and definitely didn't watch in the attitude ever, this was hard to explain to my girl why, you know, the lights are going out and there's fucking blood all over this guy when they go back on. But a very interesting time period for sure. Very interesting promo. But once again, Gangrel was not cut out to cut a promo for sure. Yeah, no, no good. Doc Hendricks' clothing is always questionable. So that was especially yeah. questionable. Love the all yellow or cream, whatever it was, just getting covered in blood. I don't know, like what what is that? What up, Lennox? What, what, up, what is that? What is that substance though? Like what what is it that he was covered in? blood no <laughs> blood. no it's probably i mean it had to be like corn syrup or something like i, I don't yeah. know like it's just horrible like i i liked the bloodbath stuff that they would do but this just was really weird first of all it was like on the outside and like, it was just a weird segment but you could see why edge became the star that he is like even in this time period you could see that he had you know better mic skills than everybody else and was a true star in the brood here so definitely cool to see a young edge like at this time period. And so he had he had debuted with Sable, right? At that SummerSlam of 98. Yeah, 99 or 98. And then he fell off. And then he just like fell off and like out of out of line. Is that why he ended up in the brood? Because I was confused how he ended up in the brood after that like face debut through the crowd with Sable. That I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I honestly don't remember. I hope that um I think that. We're going to get to that soon because I'm going to also be going back and redoing the Attitude Error because at the moment we are at the, like, the start of the Attitude Error and then I jumped ahead to the Invasion because I feel like you know a little behind the curtains here. I feel like everyone talks about the Attitude Error, so maybe like if I talked about a different time period, it'll bring more people on, but I definitely am going to be talking about the Attitude Error again, maybe as a Patreon exclusive, so stay tuned for that. We were going to be launching a Patreon very soon, but... Yeah, when we get there, definitely I, I would like to see what happened because, yeah, he does debut in 98. I don't remember hearing about anything else with Edge until 99 with the Brood. So I wonder what happened for sure. Good stuff. That's exciting. God damn. You're, you're the man, bro. Just Thank you. I appreciate it. Yo, you know you're welcome. You Thank can you. do it with me. Let's let's do the ad to whatever, bro. <laughs> Five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week. The Nero. I appreciate you, bro. You've been killing it, too. Yo. The Tim King Show right now is the hottest podcast in the fucking business, bro. Hottest. And those shorts are fucking nasty. Anyway, we got a street fight here between Bradshaw and Ken Shamrock. Uh, I love when you have these street fights and they're actually in their street clothes, which is pretty cool. Um, To be honest, I must have missed something. I didn't even write down who won this. I believe Ken Shamrock won. He was choking out Ken Shamrock. It it, it was fast, bro. Yeah, it was quick. Another quick segment here. Uh, another quick one. We had Mankind versus Big Boss Man. Mankind gets the victory here. We see Billy Gunn and X-Pac brawling backstage. X-Pac and Billy Gunn. Well, Billy Gunn is just fed up with DX in general, it seems here. So we got them brawling. But 
I ran through that pretty quickly to get to this main event. It is The Rock. It is Stone Cold versus Triple H and The Undertaker. This deserves the time. This is an all-out war. Superstar. This is just a star studded fucking main event like how could you think of putting this on a regular fucking show like this but it was for the fact that this was a pilot i was actually reading into it that they shopped out to other networks to try and get it on tv and what better way to show what you could provide than putting all your big major stars in one matchup and that's why you also see that the next episode of smackdown wasn't for at least like four or five months because they had to like get on the network How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. Expressing your love can look many different ways. And with the right jewelry gift from Blue Nile, it can truly sparkle. Blue Nile's collection of classic diamond jewelry makes for the kind of gift that speaks volumes without saying a single word. Or switch things up with a sapphire piece sure to spark conversation. Either way, Blue Nile's diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Express yourself with Blue Nile, the original online jeweler, at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. But definitely an awesome, awesome main event. I love that you had the corporate ministry coming out and attacking. You had the union coming out and attacking with Mankind, Test, and Shamrock with the fucking two-by-fours running them off. I love this fucking main event. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You had Stone Cold hitting the stunner on Shane. This McMahon comes back out. He never left. He never went home. He takes out Shane. Awesome shit, man. I love this style of wrestling, especially in this attitude every time period. It was crash television and anything could happen, but you know, that's what made it fun. What did you think about this whole main event, the segment, the aftermath with the McMahons, all this? What's your thoughts? Oh, dude, it was incredible. It was high energy from start to finish. So the match itself, like we said all night, it left a lot to be desired, you know, whatever. No one was here for the actual match itself. No one thought we were gonna get a five-star banger inside the ring, right? But Triple H comes out, Undertaker comes out, Rock comes out. They surround him like they're freaking sharks, and he's got blood in the water. And they two-on-one him. The glass breaks. The fans go crazy, and they get their spots, and they go back and forth. You know, we get the McMahon. Shane comes out. Vince comes out. The chair shot from Undertaker to Vinnie Mac. Vince is just playing this face roll, and he wants the crowd to eat him up. Like, I'm like, like, yo, Undertaker dented a chair on Vinnie Mac's head. All right. I did put down that Vince didn't even put the hand up. He just took it. Took it. Dented. I was like, I hate, I, you know, I hate to like go bring up the, the new show 25 years later, but I was like, if this was Moxley, this dude would be just, spew, the whole <laughs> ring would be blood. Vince, there's no blood, nothing, dude. Just eats this chair shot like a man that he is, dude. My God, Vince, much respect. 
And then the sequence, that's what gets Vince saves Austin. All right. Vince saves Austin because Taker goes to hit Austin. Vince pulls the chair. Vince takes the chair. Austin, stunner to Taker, stunner to Shane. Beer's flowing. McMahon's knocked out. And you know what happens? Stone Cold drinks his beer, pours it on Vince's face to wake him up as the show goes off the air. Throw him up all over the place. Loved it. Hell yeah. Yo, I thought that that closing segment was the Attitude Era personified. Like, you had everything that people talk about when they talk about the Attitude Era. Everything that you would think about is in this matchup. I love that shit, man. And I feel like that really capped off the show well. It was a great show. I had lots of fun with it. And like I said, I could understand why if you're going to use this as the pilot to ship out to other uh, TV networks to try to get on, I could understand why someone would jump all over this because this was a hell of a show. They showed that SmackDown was not going to be a beast show like, you know, just clips of Raw and just, you know, they would have like shows like if you remember Jacked and um, kind of like Sunday Night Heat, but they had other shows at the time like Jacked, Superstars, all this stuff that on Saturdays where it would just be like a few clips of Raw. It would be a few enhancement matches, maybe one main event, and that was it. This was not that. This was going to be just on top with Raw and be at par with that type of style of show. So I thought it was a great, great show. I love this shit, man. What would you grade this show out of five? Yeah, I give it a I give it a solid four point five out of five for sure. It wasn't quite a five out of five because all of the matches just were. I know I get it was that there was the time, but they all went way too quick. Four point five out of five for sure. Forgot to leave out or I left out the part the corporate ministry got involved and caused the DQ like two point five minutes into the match, and then the union, which I don't think was the union yet. I meant yeah, to say yeah, yeah. they're about to form the union. Big Show test mankind and Ken Shamrock, the most random shortest stable of all time. But this guy right here is a fan of all four of those guys. Loved it. That match, incredible. 4.5 out of 5. All the talent, all night long. Stories galore. Thank you for having me on to talk about it, my brother. Of course, bro. I had to fucking bring the banger on. This is the fucking pilot. This is the first time I'm talking about a classic SmackDown. Had to do it the right way. I appreciate you coming on, bro. Let them know where to find you. Hell yeah, bro. You can find the Tim King Show. TK. All major audio platforms on YouTube and on social media. It's literally as simple as the Tim King show. That's it. I'm like, when I talk about social media, it's not just like Twitter anymore. I'm on TikTok. 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 I don't even know what TikTok is, but I'm on TikTok. So check check me out there. Instagram. I don't know what a reel is, but I'm putting reels up. So go check me out on, on Instagram. No, but for real. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all major social medias, all major audio platforms and mainly YouTube. Thank you to the Wrestling DeLorean for putting up with my kids tonight. Thank you to Nero for having me on, to my Bloodline brothers. I love you guys. Pre-launch party, March 4th. Can't wait. And the website, www.bloodline. Find out then. Love you guys. <laughs> always keep them wanting more. Always. Definitely, bro. It's always a pleasure. Like I said, every time you come on to the show, you bless the show. So you are welcome to whenever... Like I said to Nick the other day, don't even fucking wait until I ask. Just hit me up. You know I come on Monday through Friday. Just be like, motherfucker, send that link. I'm never going to say no. You're always welcomed. I love you, man. Shout out to the Bloodline. Shout out to my Bloodline brothers in the chat. Shout out to all the wrestling DeLorean passengers in the chat. I appreciate you all. It has been a fucking fun-ass week. Monday through Friday. But we are not done because this is the fucking new format going forward. So... Just like we did five days a week this week, next week we're doing another five days a week. Monday we're talking about Raw. 
Tuesday, we talk about TNA. Wednesday's ECW Day. Thursday's Ring of Honor. And then Friday, we're back here with the real episode, the real first episode of SmackDown. We're going to be talking all about it. I love you guys. Catch me this Sunday on the Circle of Debate. New start time and new day. It's going to be on Sundays, 1 o'clock Eastern. Don't miss it. Circle of Debate. Shout out Ivan. Shout out Chris. Shout out Matt. Don't want to miss that. I love you guys. Have a great weekend. Follow the Tim King Show. Follow the Bloodline. I love you guys. Peace out, y'all. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. That's got great needs for everyone.